friends, Romans, countrymen, lemme your ears, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the MC Lars Podcast. It is January 13th, 2020. This is episode 72 with Angelo Moore of Fishbone. And this week's podcast is brought to you by the Patreon Larsians. As always, shout out to the new ones, Joshua, Andrew Kessel-Run, and Alexander Hurst. Shout out to the old ones, Chad Walker, Jen Barrick, and Todd Silverman. Y'all make this show possible. Thank you for your support and your love. I'm going on tour with for the Dark Lord and the Double Clicks on the Baby Yoda 2020 campaign trail. That starts next month. NerdcoreTour.com for dates and tickets. We'll be on the East Coast and the Midwest. We'll be in the South a little bit. And it's three weeks on the road. Let me just go over the dates real quick. February 5th, Boston. February 6th, Brooklyn. February 7th, Philly. February 8th, Baltimore. February 9th, Carborough, North Carolina. February 11th, Orlando. February 12th, Atlanta. February 14th, Austin, Texas. 15th, Dallas. 16th, Oklahoma City. 17th, the Double Clicks join us, Kansas City. The 19th, Minneapolis. The 21st, Chicago. 22nd, Cleveland. 23rd, Ann Arbor. 25th, Columbus. 26th, Rochester. So, nerdcoretour.com for tickets. Got a lot of surprises. Schaefer and I are putting out a compilation album with all our songs we've done together and a new one. So, check that out. So, Angela Moore. So, I met this dude on Warp Tour 2011, Dr. Mad Vibe. That's the name he goes by as a solo artist. He was hosting the Skull Candy stage and doing a little set and just doing his thing. So we talk about that. We talk about what it's like being an artist who's been doing this for decades and just his hopes for the new year. So let's get into it. This is my interview with Angelo Moore of Fishbone. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with a legend, Angela Moore, Dr. Mad Vibe. We met in 2011, and we were just talking about that, but you meet a lot of people. Oh my God, yeah, I meet a lot of people, man. <laughs> it's a trip. Sometimes when I think about it, it's kind of staggering. I mean- That's why I can't remember nothing. <laughs> I can remember shit, but oh my God, more and more it becomes like a needle in a haystack. Yeah, and I'm sure that- like. Oh, you're touring, right? Everyone has specific memories of this show, that show, and it's goes by like a blur, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Sometime I can pick one out of there and, and 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 clear it up. How did you link with Kevin Lyman and get it into the warp tour world? Oh my God, the warp tour. Right, right. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, man, I just I remember when Fishbone Fishbone. Okay, so I was at this party. In Hollywood, <laughs> right? Yeah. Party in Hollywood, uh, Huntington Beach, or something like that. I'm somewhere out there, man. Uh, in you know, in the L.A. area, and uh, and uh, I ended up falling asleep at Kevin Lyman's house on his couch after a party, and I woke up on the couch the next morning at his house. He let me stay there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I met Kevin Lyman. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like a rock and roll introduction. It, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> and then after that, man, well, Fishbone played on the Warp, Warp Tour a couple times. And then I was able to go on the Warp Tour solo and just be out there, be a roving, roving artist. Mm. And I know I would, I would um, just play with a lot of different musicians out there. And I remember I was emceeing the, the Skull Candy stage. Yeah. <laughs> on a tour too, it was fun. Yeah. Oh, a lot of bands, man. Eclectic, right? Mm -hmm. So many genres. Got to hang out in the 
in the semi-truck trailer. Oh, man, yeah, that's where everybody would smoke the weed back then before they go and do their shit, you know. In the New Mexico sunshine. Oh, in the New Mexico sunshine, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Hot. It was hot daily. Yeah. Hot daily, and it was like, how many stages was out there, man? Like tw- 10, 12? yeah. yeah. All blasting loud. All blasting loud. It's like when one, right before one band would get ready to stop, another band would come on. Or sometimes it would just be like two bands playing at the same time. I know. That's the sacrifice, right? Of like, you're just gonna, it's like a roller coaster. I'm gonna jump into this experience. I'm going to allow myself to absorb it and have these memories. And um, it's been the beautiful thing about music, right? Because it takes you places that most people don't go, right? Yeah. And, and and uh and the scenarios that the music puts you in because people are looking to be freed mm. they're looking to be freed they're looking to discover something that is gonna that's gonna free their mind and free them mm. that's that's spiritual that's true yeah man and so mm. you know when you is I just I visualized the warp to now I could see it, man. All them people coming in in droves, they're just excited to see yeah. what the bands have to offer right. that is going to free them or inspire them to do or say what what's going to be the next new thing, you know. And, you know, yeah, and and with their friends, right? It's the, the fact that you have these memories to share with your friends, and like that's those memories they'll remember forever these kids right when yeah they're, when they're old oh my god i used to have a tent out there called a mad vibe met the med dr mad vibes medicine cabinet <laughs> oh. 30, 30 by 30 foot tent yeah green and purple <laughs> it had my clown tattoos <laughs> airbrushed on the sides of the tent right so i had i had my drums in there i had a little pa in there and i had all of these uh like like clotheslines going from one side to the other. And so kids would come in and I'd give them like a plaque and they could paint something on the plaque, paint it, paint something on their plaque. They'd paint anything. And then they'd, they'd hang it up on the line and display their paintings. That's dope. So man. after a while, man, it was a tent just full of like all kind of art and I had poetry readings in there and a little jam session sometime. Like oh, a, yeah. So that so that seems like that's been a central part of your, your spiritual journey as a musician is giving people empowerment to feel free, right? Yeah. Through creating and free spiritedness, man. So Angela You always want to keep that free spirited feeling. Don't let them turn your sky into a ceiling. Oh wow. That's <laughs> on one of my t shirts. Do you have hope for humanity as we enter this new decade? Man, I just hope that, you know, in twenty twenty it doesn't turn out like some of these movies that we've seen where, you know, the earth is so fucked up that we gotta live under a big ass plastic bubble mm. and shit because the atmosphere is so fucked up and nobody paid attention you know in some of these these flicks these movies that you see in 2020 the year of 2020 the earth was like mankind couldn't go outside because it's, the air was fucked up you know what i'm saying right right pretty apocalyptic so to me right 2020 is an apocalyptic it's an apocalyptic number but it's also the number of clarity because you got 2020 vision right right, right? so right. hopefully we'll be able to see something clearer mm. coming up in 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 this year 2020 right right i mean man it's just like you know i never thought i'd get to 2020 yeah that's i never thought i'd get to the year 2000 yeah <laughs> i was like wow this is supposed to be the future really <laughs> the year 2000 now nah, it's 2020 man that's two decades later i know right we're at the beginning of 
we're we're into the second decade of the 20th century, the 2000s. Right. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, we got internet. That that's a whole another extension of the planet and 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 mankind, which is the internet. Right. It's a whole another extension, man. Whole another dimension. They got the whole a whole another extension and dimension, man. They they have almost all of humankind's history backed up. Right. On an external hard drive called the internet. Right. And age of abbreviation. That's oh, that's true. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Everything's abbreviated and everything is projected too, in that people are assume making these hypotheses about what, what the future is gonna be like based upon this data of the past. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And in a way that's yeah, yeah. kinda like confining, and that goes back to your quote, don't let your sky be a ceiling. I mean, I don't know. How, do you spend much time online? Or are you more or I don't spend too much time online. That's true. Cool. I mean, I I try to get on there. It's kind of hard though because if I I find if I get online, if I spend a lot of my time seeing what's out there online, then it's going to take away from my organic creativity when it comes to making my music and lyrics and art and stuff. Mm. So, you know, when I put it on the scales and I weigh it, I spend more time uh, making music with a paintbrush rather than a laser. That's tight. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I know it's so important to be connected to the internet, man, because, you know, I got my projects, my music and stuff that I have, the people that, I'm in, that I make music with, you know, Jim Greer, one of, being one of them with the brand new step, yeah. we got a bunch of stuff that's out there on the internet now. Right. And because the internet is hooked up to the rest of the human race on the, from here to the other side of the planet, they're, they're able to see what we're doing and creating here right that's with, cool with, with the brand new step yeah let's talk about that project um how long you've been working on the brand new step pretty good six years man we've got we got a lot of stuff accomplished within six years a yeah. lot yeah we got nice. a second album we got a bunch of singles out there we yeah. got some videos out there we got a website and Angela Moore and the brandnewstep.com. We've been able to collaborate through the brand new step. We've been able to collaborate with a lot of different musicians and artists, man, here in the Bay Area. Started, it's all started in the Bay Area. That's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, some of the people that we've collaborated with, like all the way from like what Jersey, the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Where are you where are you based these days? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. So you come up here to work on these on this project up here. Yep. Occasionally, yeah. Um, where were you born? L.A. Okay, so L.A.'s home. L.A.'s home. Yeah. What do you love about L.A.? Oh my God! I just want to say, listen, listen to the song. <laughs> we got a song. Listen to the song. <laughs> well, we got we got a song. Yeah. Called Los Angeles. Hey. Brand new steps got a song called Los Angeles, and it's the new release, and it has me talking about. I guess in in an abbreviated way, because if I try to talk about a city or a metropolis like L.A., man, that shit would take, I couldn't do it all in one day. Right, right, right. You know, but I pretty much got it all shaped down to, right now the song is seven minutes. I'm sure it's going to be shorter than that, but I'm just talking about L.A. and what it was like to grow up in it, I guess, and my experience in it now. You know, I guess Hollywood, that's a big fantasy part, but I did a lot of, I did a lot, I spent a lot of time in Hollywood. Mm. Dancing, going to the clubs. 
Yeah. I grew up in the valley. Okay. Grew up in the suburbs of Los Angeles. My black my family was one of the first black families out there in Woodland Hills. Mm. Wow. Woodland Hills, Agora. We moved out there like around 73, 72. You're when I think of the fit like an artist, I think of someone like you. Um What's the first thing you do to make sure you start your day off on a creative path? That it's going to be a good day of creativity and like effective use of your time. What's the first thing you do? I get up and meditate. Yeah. I go and take a walk. I take a walk in the park. And uh, I ride my bike. I get up and play my organ. I play keys, you know, I play the organ. That's been my new passion lately, playing the organ. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard you. I heard you rehearsing in the closet there, <laughs> Universal Studio. Oh, you heard me clacking around in there That's on cool. the keys. Yeah, so I've been, I've been playing a double tier organ lately, the Korg. Nice. That's been something new. I've been opening up my brain with, and I, I play it in this. I've got a group called the Missing Links, mm. and so I've been playing organ. I got a bunch of arrangements that I, I play and sing with the band. So that's uh, that's been a whole new one that's been occupying my brain, you know. That's cool. You know, and I play the theremin and the drums. I got my studio back home. I call it the medicine cabinet and my laboratory. And so in there, I got all of my art and my music. I get up and burn sage and I play the music. That's tight. Yeah. So you, when you wake up, I bet you're... When you get up, are you excited? Like, this is another opportunity to, like, are you happy when you wake up in the morning? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Yep. That's important. Yeah, I get up and I just, you know, get outside and take a walk, you know, get the fresh air in me. Did I come back and I start, I mean, I'm surrounded by instruments, man, so I just mm. start tinkling around on stuff. Mm. Or if I might have a song in my head. Mm. I turn on the logic and I press record and I start yeah. to do it, you know. That's right. And so that's how I pretty much live all my days, you know, just doing that, you know. Thank God I'm able to do it and pay the rent. Yeah, man. Bills. <laughs> OG, right? Yeah, so, oh my God, dude. As a musician and an artist, that's that's I'm thankful to be able to do it like that. That's probably one of the greatest blessings, right? To be mm. like your own your own business where you don't have to worry about that right and that's like what we're all striving for yeah yeah how many projects you have going at once then would you say there's fishbone just a brand new step and then there's the missing links three three how do you and then i just did this other project called dig infinity mm. which is uh it's with Pancho Tomaselli, the guy. I did a record with him before called Project Infidelica. Oh, tight. Yeah, right? So it's like pretty guitar heavy. Uh, Pancho Tomaselli and George Lynch. Yeah, and Christopher Moore. So they all play. We all, it's like a four piece, four piece. So it's like rock, blues <clears throat> type of thing. And so he just got together with this other group called Dig Infinity. And so we made some, we made some songs for, uh, the internet, you know, Facebook, you know, yeah, you know, because people like people like to be able to go on the internet and get free shit. <laughs> That's true. And I don't, I don't necessarily 
it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around yeah. free music because that's the only way I make my I make my living. Right. But sometimes it pays off. It's all in how you work it. You know, it's all in how you work you work your free music because you know it's a lot of people out there that they listen to Spotify and. Oh God, what's another one, man? Spotify, uh, and like Apple Music, Apple Music. Yeah. You know where they don't pay the artists too much anyway from right. making me. So you have that that thing right there, which is like a it's almost like a succubus on the music on the musician or the artist because mm. a lot of artists they want to get their music out there bad, mm. and a lot of them will just you know they give their music to those you know, the Apple Music or Spotify and they'll put it out there and people will be hearing their music but they get paid chicken change but at least their music is out there and so they got like a a platform for exposure right. which is, you know, to start off anything you got to have your exposure. Right. You know. Yeah. So that's a way for people to get their stuff out there and then once you get exposure that's the first step and then after that you start getting into the business and making a making a living from it, you know. And then it's the t-shirts and the ticket sales. And, and the t-shirts, the ticket sales and the record companies and the lawyers and the managers and <laughs> and all that type of stuff that can, you know, if you're not educated on it, they can always steal from you and rip you off and next thing you know, you'll be out there making all that music and nobody's paying you anything. And having a, a giant audience, right? And having a giant audience and the audience thinking you're making all this dough and you're living high on the hog, but you're not really. So, yeah. you know, if, you don't, if you're not careful and you, you don't have people that you can trust and tell you how to do the right thing, man, you, you know, you can end up losing a lot while you're making a lot. Right. So it's always that risks, those risks uh, that are there in the music business. So what are some ways you were able to like navigate all this? And stay successful and a happy, grounded person when so many people don't follow through on their dreams like you have. Like, how how have you been? It's a big question, but what are some ways you've been able to stay stay focused, stay in the game so long? Well, thank God I have other people that are in my life that see my vision with me, and they mm. they see the vision. And they believe in it, mm. and they they want to help me get over the hump mm. with my vision because they they believe in it too. And then <clears throat> I get to help them too, you know, in return. But uh, you know, thank God, there's people out there who who believe and understand what I'm doing. And um, hey, man, you got a lot of musicians and artists who are misunderstood. Because they're reaching outside, they're reaching outside to the outer limits to get their material. You know, you got visionaries, musicians who are visionaries that that they can see beyond the horizon spiritually. You mm. know, mm. and they can they can they can take it and translate it into music or a song. You know, for other people that they can't reach that. Mm. Yeah, music musicians and artists, man, we're the minority. Mm. We're a minority. We only get to work on the weekends. <laughs> That's when everybody during the working class, the working class, are only doing work during the week. Right. When they want to let loose and exhale, right. the weekend is when they go out and see their favorite bands play it so that they can like 
you know, lose their mind for a minute before they got to go back and plug into the Matrix on Monday or something like that. Right. Right. And or they got to go back and do the monkey for the hunky. <laughs> now, I got a video I just put out called Doing the Monkey for the Hunky. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Wow. It's out now. Okay. It's out now. You got to plug you- that. Yes, yeah, now it's out now on YouTube. Okay, okay, and I did it. I did it with this animator called Joe Horn. Yeah, how'd you link with with Joe Horn? Joe Horn, hey, he's been around for a long time, man. He was uh, affiliated with Cartoon Network and Swim, mm. Adult Swim. Mm. He did the animation for uh, Andre 3000's cartoon. Oh, tight. Yeah, that's awesome. So he came up to me and said, "Angela, you give me a song, man. I will." put together a video for it i was like okay that's tight you know i i just gave it to him not really thinking he was gonna come back around man that motherfucker came back around with a whopper <laughs> oh my god he dude. did it justice Ooh, he did it justice man <laughs> and so the song yeah it's about bigotry uh, and discrimination and racism in the mm. corporate workplace mm. that's heavy man yeah and so i wrote about it how can people help fight racism? I know you're a spiritual person. <laughs> man, I just think everybody needs to love one another, man. Mm. Don't let your eyes fool you. Mm. And I say that, when I say that, it's like, you know, the only the only way racism, the only reason that racism is here because racism is a disease of vanity. Mm. It's a disease of vanity, man. You see the other person and you don't like the way they look because they're a different color. What kind of crazy shit is that? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's Like, goddamn, really? You got gravity holding us down to the planet. <laughs> right. So that means we can't fly away or go anywhere, right? <laughs> right. We all got two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, okay? Right. We all eat the same thing that's on the fucking planet. So how are you going to look at another person and go, I'm better than that person because I'm a different color than it? This is a very good question. <laughs> yeah. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever... Every time I think about it, I'm like, what? Yeah. That's just the smallest... You know, but it's there. Right. And it's big, and it's big, and it's it's uh, uh, it's killing people, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been it's been that way ever since, like, fucking the history, history of man. Yeah. It's like a big stupid fucking joke. But it's real. And so what are we going to do to... You know, to, to to make it go away, oh, God, man. You just have to love one another for who we are. Mm-hmm. Animals don't have racism. Nope. That's true. The birds don't. The fish don't. Right. They don't have money either. Right. They yeah. don't have money with a person's face on it that says, this person right here on this dollar bill represents the person that is going to provide food for you and living and a roof over your head and clothes on your back. So this person is your God, right? So when you mm. see that right there, even if it's just, it's just, you know, like a, you know, when I take the dollar out of my pocket and I put it on the table to buy something, I automatically look at it. Even if it's just a subconscious thing that I was like, oh, this is, it's meant to be like, oh, this is your master because your master's, making it possible for you to to be able to uh, uh, live in society unless mm. you just live off the grid like some of these people in a tent because they, they're, not, they're not with it. They won't tolerate it. It's like, fuck it, I'm going to live in a tent. I'm right. going to live off the grid and live how I'm going to live regardless right. of whether I have these pieces of paper 
to get what I need to get or not. Right, right. Yeah. You know. So that's another example of like this shit on the news the other day. I was looking at it this morning. Somebody yeah. went into God, what was the name of this place in Texas? I can't remember. Whitesworth or something like that. Oh. Some kind of name like that. I, yeah, something weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy went in up there and shot the one of the one of the the not not pallbearers, but um servicemen in the church or something. I forget the name mm-hmm. they used, but man. That's grim. The guy died. Right. Both of them did. Right. And then the, you know, they're showing the daughter, oh, that was my dad. The dad is dead now because of like some racist or religious disagreement. That's insane. And you're supposed to be able to go to a church, you know, for 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 protection and prayer. For sanctuary. For sanctuary. Yeah. Right. I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, I guess you just gotta keep praying what you believe is right. Do you, do you believe in God? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Were you raised in um, going to church or something you just found on your own? Or? Well, I was Jehovah's Witness for 13 years. Mm. You know, uh, when the whole family started out, it wasn't, it wasn't really too religious, you know. And then uh, my mom discovered Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. And so then that came into the picture. That was the religion. That was the the form of religion that came into the picture. And then uh, then divorce came after that. Mm. You know. But yeah, the religion. Religion's good, but not in not in uh, excess. I hear you, right? Because you're talking you're talking about how people see different colors. They feel that vanity. I think maybe sometimes people believe one thing. There's a vanity of perspective, right? Yeah, there's a vain perspective, right? Yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, that can be, that can that can make people turned off to the idea of of a god, right, or idea of a higher power. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, something that breaks down the barriers is music, right? Yes, right. Because all people can come together under That's right. great. That's song. the one thing that God gave us. Which is like the anti, which is like the combination to unlock it, all the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. God damn, dude! I remember Fishbone, man. Fishbone, we 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 get skinheads at our concert. Right. Wow. You know. Yeah. They come in. The, the music would start. Oh, you see him out there in the mosh pit, fucking losing it. You know. Right. These are the same guys talking that racist shit, but then when they come into the show, it all changes. Right. So see the magic that the music does. That's what's up. And maybe and be to be forever changed to see that. And hopefully to be forever changed. Yeah, yeah man. And I know we've we've had those results here and there. So that's you know, it's good. That's cool. That's why I like being in the business of music, man. Because you really you have that you, people don't forget those moments, right? Yeah, they don't forget the moments and you get to channel, you get to channel the music. Which is that you know that 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 gift that God gave us, mm-hmm. and some of us have a, a a channel or a window that opens up enough or antenna to where we can get them them signals out there from the universe that we can get it and catch it and yeah translate it through you know through the music you know you know look at look at Green Diamond Jim's place man look at this spaceship here man this motherfucker got antennas keyboards all kinds of. Look at what planet this is from. This is from the planet Arturia. 
Yeah, Jim's studio, you know, Jim's studio is like the Millennium Falcon. You know, yeah, always but... get you there. <laughs> Wait, the Millennium Falcon, was, is that a Star, 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 Star Wars, Wars ship? Yeah. yeah, Han Solo. <laughs> Han Solo, there you go. <laughs> That's right. Um, you have a lot of punk rock people talk about Fishbone as a informative band, the way you guys merge hardcore and funk and all these different genres in a way that you've made this resonance. People remember you. You guys are legendary. And I wonder, when you started out, did you ever imagine your project would reach so many people and connect so many scenes? And like, how, yeah, how do you think, like when you think about your legacy, do you ever, do you ever think about it or do you just keep going? Man, I just keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I keep going because I've never quit. Right. You know, we've had guys in Fishbone quit and come back, and then we had a whole different uh, – uh, we had the special services, Fishbone special services uh, chapter of all the different guys. And when the original guys quit, we had a whole other group of guys come in and keep it going. Yeah. And so wow. uh, I've never really had a chance to, like, break away from it and look back at it and think, think, wow, look at that. Look at what happened. No, I just have to keep going. Me and Norwood, Norwood, he's been there since the beginning. Yeah. So we just we just keep going. Of course, we can look back, but I have to be reminded by somebody to look back. <laughs> right. It's not in your nature, it sounds like. No, it's not my nature to look back, even though yeah. I know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that a whole new generation of fans you know, you were this conduit to discover like Sly and the Family Stone and all this older music that it's like you guys are this link from the Warp Tour world to that and to the future of what you're doing now. And keeping music alive is this tangible, physical thing in this world of digital. It's so important, man, right? It's like... Now, the digital is the result of being in the age of abbreviation. Mm, talk more about that. That's cool. Well... Because you got drum machines. Right. And, you know, drum machines and tracks and all that stuff is useful. Right. Right. But um, it's not organic. It's not made from the human being. It is already a pre-recorded, pre-programmed piece of sound. Mm. So... When I, you know, when when I think about a lot of the millennials, or even before the millennials, man, I mean, shit, there was a time where, like, when hip hop was coming into the picture, mm. and a lot of drum machines were being used to make a lot of hip hop beats, right? Right. You know, that's eight oh eight stuff, eight oh eights and yeah. stuff like that, and all of that stuff is good, but they got all of that stuff from an actual drummer playing an actual beat mm. first, mm. and then the technology which are the electronics and all that, the electronic, uh, uh, you know, the electronic age, it makes that that beat, that kick into an 808 because then you can beef it up with the different technology that you have here. You know, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Jim could do all that shit with, you know, I'm pretty sure he made, man, Jim makes up all kind of beats and sounds. Yeah. And everything that are, that, that you can't get out of a acoustic drum set. Right, right. But without the acoustic drum set, those things 
just the whole thing of like I can make a beat or a, a different beat or a rhythm and you use your technologies to, to make those beats and rhythms, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, so it sounds like you're talking about that abbreviation cuts that umbilical cord of the human the connection to what's human, the right? Need to, the, need of, the need of a human being. And the heartbeat. And the heartbeat, yeah. yeah. And the rhythm, you know, the rhythm, yeah. the actual human rhythm. Right. Which a lot of that, you know, a lot of that shit come, just comes from like, you know, the Indians, Africans, the Europeans, when they're out there and they ain't got nothing else to, to beat on but the, but a rock or a stick or something like right, that. Right. Those beats, man. Yeah. Those are actual beats, you know, and then you you translate them and you 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 make them into you make them you translate them into actual beats and you put them through the modern technology of what you have now, man. You got some hell of a beats, man. Mm. You yeah. know, yeah. I think then Angelo, the uh, one of the the important things then is creating this tangible human performance of it, right? The live performance. If you're going to have samples. And your tracks live has got to be interesting, right? Oh, yeah, you got to have that live percussionist. Yeah, you so got to have the live. I always feel like if you don't have a live band mm -hmm. performing while you while while you're doing your shit, you are depriving your audience of of the true foundation of of music mm. tracks and samples and stuff like that is is like icing on the cake and it's important it's important to have that icing on the cake man because everybody loves that special flavor sure everybody wants to be able to step into the spaceship and fly out there <laughs> and see the lights go flying by blurring by you right. and shit you know uh what is it uh century overload you know right right, right. that's what i like man yeah I want to be able to go get on a roller coaster and fly upside down and all of that stuff. That's what that is to me, right? Right, right. But you can't have any of that without having an actual metal steel track mm. to put the roller coaster on and That's have good. the hook hold, you know, all right. of that shit. This, you know, your seatbelt, everything. The real shit, the actual seat to sit into. Right, right, right. Is the organic part that I'm, I'm always, I always like to have that. Mm. That's important. And have all the other things around it help it along, help it to give it that special bling. Yeah, right. And then through everything, the, the power of the song, right? The power of the message of why you're in the spaceship in the first place. I mean, that's central. That defines an okay, well-produced song with a banger, right? Mm -hmm. In a way. And a meaning and a message behind it. Yeah. And why yeah. you're, and that's what you're talking about or a few minutes ago about tapping into something greater than you. Musicians, we're this conduit, right? Yeah, that, that's right. We're a conduit. Yeah. We're the antenna. Yeah, the antenna. That's yeah. what's up. Um, are you? Have you ever? Are you a fan of KRS One or do you know? Oh him yeah, himself? I like KRS One. He wrote this great book called the Bible. Go yeah, the Gospel Hip Hop. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Hip Hop Bible. God damn it's it! There's so, so much great. in that fucking it's book. Dope. <gasps> it's so dope. It's huge. I haven't read it. Six hundred pages. But it it looks like a lot. It is fat. a it's lot. Fat. It's a fat book. That's yeah. like a lifetime's <laughs> worth of reading, man. I know. I know. Oh my God. And he has a, a rhyme for every day during six. <laughs> like a, oh my God! A prayer. That's heavy right there. And um, we he and I wrote did a song together called the Gospel Hip Hop based on that book mm. about this stuff we were talking about mm. about the need to find human perspective, especially in this 
postmodern sampled culture mm -hmm. and how otherwise things fall apart. And yeah. it's real tight to like work with him on that. And I think that he talks about, you talk about music is, is a blessing that helps us get through everything. And the theme of that book is that with technology and the invention of this, the beatbox and the drum machine, that's something else that allows people to have access to creating music in a way that is kind of salvation in this digital era. You're talking mm -hmm. about abbreviation. Yeah. And like, it's interesting that what the redemption comes in when you can connect with people, no matter how you make it. And I don't know. I think that the live element of music can't ever go away. Even as electronic music becomes Man, huge. I started out with a drum machine when I had a beat in my head Yeah, and I had a four track. Yeah. <laughs> Your first demos were I a drum machine. I hooked up that little drum machine <laughs> and I was peck pecking at them pads. That's tight. Until the beat came out and I formed a beat. That's tight. And I would make some of my ska beats and punk rock beats and little funky beats on there. <laughs> How old were you? What were you talking about? Man, middle school? Like, yeah, dude. Probably like after high school. Wow. After high school. Yeah. You know, and I'd make my beats. But then after a while, I, you know, I'd see Fish playing the drum. Fish would play drums. He didn't want nobody to play his drums. Mm. He was violently and vehemently opposed <laughs> against anybody sitting on his drums. Okay. And when I, could, when I couldn't get him to produce certain drum beats for me because his head was somewhere else, I was just like, you know what? I have to learn how to play the drums. Wow. I have to learn how to play it or else I will suffocate <laughs> in the own weight of my thoughts <laughs> yeah. and my ideas because I, I won't be able to get them out. Right. I can get them out on a, on a drum machine, but you don't, you, you know, you can't physically produce a, a a piece of music or a beat with your body because that's what you're supposed to do mm. you be able to you're supposed to be able to physically produce it definitely that's the human thing right that's yeah. that's the ancient calling yeah so then what do you do you just set up a drum kit at your, at your run a I studio ended up or? just setting up a drum kit or sitting on anybody else's drum set wherever yeah. I could man I'm just like god damn it I gotta get these beats out of my head right what am I gonna do you know I gotta get it out <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually I found a way to play the drums. So you do self-taught or self-taught, man. Of wow. course I'm just of course I'm learning by looking at everybody else. Right, right, right. You know. That's tight. And then I'd look at it, I'd soak it in. Man, oh my God, looking at all them drummers on the on the uh on the warp tour. Yeah. Looking at fish play. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, that's how to do it. Oh, that's how to do your foot right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I bet yeah. you then I bet in that way you develop your own style, right? Yeah, and you develop your own style. Yeah, yeah that's you cool. know, uh, all, all the saxophones I play, I play bass saxophone all the way from bass saxophone, baritone, tenor alto, and soprano. Wow! I learned how to play bass saxophone because I, I felt like I, I needed to learn how to emulate the bass lines that mm. I wanted to create. Mm. When I finally got a bass saxophone, I was like, okay. <laughs> I could make up my bass lines now. Those are was, huge, right? Like yeah. tall, yeah. I was making up bass lines on a baritone, but then when I finally discovered bass saxophone, I'm like, oh, this is it right here. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Our bass saxophone takes more more diaphragm, is it, or is it same? Yeah, it takes a little more diaphragm. I guess yeah. it all it all depends on what kind of reed you're using or mouthpiece you're using. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, when you tour now, like. 
Fishbone, how many people how many people tour with Fishbone? Like what's your total band? How many people are in the band now? Six. Wow. Wow, so when you tour it's a lot of equipment, huh? <laughs> lot. Well no. Yeah. Is it? Fuck, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got, okay. Norwood's got about eight basses. He's got two big-ass fucking bass amps the size of jet engines up there on the damn stage. <laughs> oh, my god. Chris Dowd. He's got his keyboards. He's got two keyboards and a big amp. Uh, just got a new guitar player. His name is Mark Phillips. He's good. We're going to see what he's like when he gets in there. That's cool. Yeah. Now, Dirty Walt, the trumpet player, he just has three trumpets. So it's easy. He doesn't have, have a lot to carry. Yeah. <laughs> How about the, you, though? Do you bring any of your... I bring all my I bring all my horns. Yeah. I bring all my saxophones and yeah. theremin. Oh, theremin. Oh, wow. That's tight. Wow. Um, yeah. Angela, what's the longest time you've been on a tour and not come home? Like, what's your record? Three and a half months. Three and a half months. And it was the world or U.S. or? It was uh, U.S. and Europe. Wow. Three and a half months. How, did you? Um, or maybe it was just Europe. Wow. That's amazing. Um, had, after three and a half months, did, did was there any time during that period you're like, you know, this is a bit long? Or did you feel... Music oh yeah, man. There were times, and I mean, it wasn't just one three and a half month tour. It was like it was a lot of them, man. Yeah. But there was a couple where I was really starting to become unraveled out there. Yeah. You know, so I just had to stop, man. And then, you know, that broken cartilage in my knee. Oh, I had man. to get a knee operation. I had to get three knee operations on my right and four on my left. Oh man. Mm -hmm. Really had to miss a had to miss a tour. Had to miss a big tour. It was slightly stupid. Yeah. Oh wow, man. But you know, I I just it was it was just God telling me that I had to slow down because I'm just out there too long. And you know, after a while, some people sometimes you know, some people don't give a, give a shit about what what you need. You need the rest. They just want you to stay out there and shut up and sing. Get that commission. You know, and get the commission yeah. or get the. Get you know, stay on tour and be a rock star, and all of that shit is fine. Right. That when your body starts breaking down, and you don't give it give it any time to rest, it's gonna break down for you. Yeah, man. What you know? And you're not the type of artist who's just sitting on a stool with a guitar. Your show is <laughs> very nah, energetic. Yeah, I like to been. get into it, man. Yeah. I like to have fun and dance. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's good. Yeah. How do you, what like how do you stay in such good shape on tour? What do you eat like? Try to eat a certain way or? Yeah, I'm trying to eat good, man. Yeah, that's cool. It ain't that easy. No, I, I don't really have good discipline when it comes to like eating healthy, man. I like eating soul food yeah. and shit like that. You know, <laughs> at one in the morning. Yeah, yeah. At one in the morning, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so yeah. <clears throat> you know, just trying to change all that up, man. That's uh. That's always a challenge. Mm. But it's necessary, right? To keep yeah, it's going. necessary if you want to stay out there. Yeah, because, you know, it ain't that easy, man. Shit, you out there, you got around drugs and liquor and late nights. <laughs> and a lot of free time. And a lot of free time, man. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's it, it's it's uh, yeah. But that takes having people around you who are a good influence or who can tell you, or even your body, like if your body's hurting or wait, having people who are honest about maybe maybe cut back or maybe it's take, good to have people that are like that around you, and it ain't and that's not too many of those, right? People who are real friends instead of. Right, yeah. want to be part of the party life. Yeah, because they want to see you crash and burn because it looks good behind the mic or on the stage. And so, you know, too much of that, you end up crashing and burning for real. Shit, it's only so much, it's only so much emulating crashing and burning you can do. Because, right. I mean, I know for me, man, I when when I perform, I like to put my all into it. I like to bleed. I like to sweat. I like to do all that shit. Mm. Yeah. You know. Oh. But yeah, at, but yeah. after a while, it's uh, it can be damaging, you know. Yeah. So then you gotta you gotta pull it back or figure out how to do it a little different, so you can still keep that fire going on in the later years. Right. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Keep that fire going to the end. Unless I open for this guy Charlie Musselwhite. Okay, hey. Charlie Musselwhite. Uh huh. Old school harmonica player, blues singer, and the fact that he has he's been doing it for decades. That's an OG, and his mm-hmm. show was great. Mm, and it was harmonica cool. play. Yeah, harmonica playing harmonica and singing blues, and he killed it. He's 70, 74. He had a great band, and it was just inspired. He just said, "I'm with Ben Harper," and it was inspiring to see like this guy who still doing and loving it in his seventies. And like, mm-hmm. there's not mm-hmm. a lot of artists who can make it that far and do tour for a living. You know, man, you truly gotta love your music. Yeah got to love your music and you got to take care of yourself if you're going to be on tour because um you know when you're a person of the world you know when you go out there and touring and playing your music in front of people and with people and for people you're putting yourself out in the public man but you could easily get you could easily get all your blood sucked yeah out of you <laughs> and your soul too right and your soul yeah you know cuz you're giving your soul first of all I know. Yeah. You're giving your soul. You know, that's yeah. the only way I know how to do it. So, yeah. and I know I, I like a lot, I like musicians and artists that really give their soul when they're putting their music out there. You know. Yeah. And you know what else, Angelo? It's the number one commodity, which we have the most priceless thing your time, right? Yeah. Your time is the most important thing. Yeah. And that's time right. is the most important thing because you can't get it back no. and it's always flying. Cool. We started the interview talking about LA and you said you can't sum things up except in an abbreviated way. We were talking about abbreviation, translation. Let's introduce this track. Maybe we can spit it on the podcast. Okay. So this next track coming up is called Los Angeles by the brand new step. Keep an eye out for that video. And here it is. Thank you, Angelo. I appreciate having you on the podcast, man. All right, man. Good good talking to you. Thank you. Oh, yeah.
the guts of this heavy metal bird I'm in, I feel uninspired by fascism and cops. I know are down in the futuristic Wild West with limitations and almost martial law and robots with badges and quick draw McGraw. Just lights and glitter and garbage underneath and the raging oppressed with razor sharp teeth. Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles. We change forever. We are one together. Gentrification in the city in the valley.
That song was Los Angeles by Angela Moore and the brand new Step, a premiere right here on the MC Lars podcast. Okay, now it's time for the MC Lars Patreon Larsen of the Week. Bam! It's Rob from Hidden Home Records. Okay, one time I was playing bass for MC Lars and he looked at me and mid-sentence talking to the crowd, he stopped and said, was that the Inspector, ba- Sorry. Was that the Inspector Gadget theme song? And I said no. And then for the rest of that tour, I played the Inspector Gadget theme song, but I don't think that Lars ever noticed. Um, one of my favorite memories of MC Lars was when he told us that he was going to propose to Ashley. It was at the end of a tour. I was with a band called Big O. We were opening for MC Lars and Mega Ran on a nationwide tour and also playing with Lars on the same tour. And on the last night of the tour, we played at the bottom of the hill in San Francisco, and Lars uh, came up and told us he was going to propose. I I think this was that tour. Yeah, he told us he was going to propose. And then as we drove off to go back home from this long, month-long adventure, Lars ran after our van, smiling and waving. And it was wonderful, and MC Lars is one of the most genuine and best people I know in the music business. Uh yeah, that's pretty much it. Bye. Thanks, Rob. You get a free t-shirt. That's a beautiful memory. I enjoyed touring with you. Thanks for calling into the podcast. It's always awesome to hear a friend coming and giving their support. If you want to be on the MC Lars podcast, leave a shout out. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash MC Lars. You get a free 
t-shirt if you call in and there's a special phone number where you can leave a message next week we got doc pop nerdcore legend game designer marketing guru rapper chiptune artist we uh, talk about his upcoming kickstarter campaign and his music so tune into that thank you angelo this is the mc lars podcast we'll see you next